Matthew 6, 5 through 8. It says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lee, for reading that and how good it is that we can meet together to sit under God's Word again today. And to start off, I want, to, I want you to think back further past the start of COVID to when you were young. And do you remember that first time that you fell in love? You know, you were young, trying to sort out your emotions, and then you laid eyes on them. Your heart skips a beat. Your mind starts racing and you get all giddy. You know, this person, they intrigue you and you want to move to get closer to them. You know they're the one. It's just right. And you're driven crazy by the thought of that person not noticing you. So you move closer. If only they'd give you a little glance, just that one glance, and your heart would soar. But it never comes because they're distracted. Time moves on, and you haven't made the move. It hadn't been the right time. And they don't notice you're there. Before long, they've moved on, and you probably won't see them again, so you're feeling disappointed and frustrated. You want them to see you. You want them to hear you. You want them to know you. You want their attention, don't you? You wanted their love. What can you do? You know, your mind starts racing and throws all sorts of ideas at you. You could get their number, send them a text, or if you're a bit older, then maybe it was getting their address and sending them a letter. Maybe you'd write them a love poem and make them a gift. You know, there's all sorts of things you could do to get their attention. If only you could get them to notice you. If only you could get their attention for just one moment. And you could tell them how dedicated you are, how much you love them. It's amazing how much we do to get someone's attention. How much we crave someone's attention when we want it. It's what we all want, isn't it? Because it gets us something. It gets you places, it gets you acceptance, and it gets you relationships. Whether it's your boss or your spouse or your friend, if you don't get their attention when you want it, it'll drive you crazy. And we will do all we can to be seen and to be heard and to be known by these people that we want something from. Now, I believe you that if you told me when you talk to God, when you go and pray to him, Sometimes it feels as though God's not there, that he's not listening to you. His attention's diverted. It's like he's just not at home. But in this passage that Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount today, we're going to see that we couldn't actually be more wrong in thinking that. See, Jesus is teaching us some beautiful truths about his Father, truths that we cannot forget. Jesus is teaching us that he is a Father, And this Father is one who sees. This Father is one who knows. The Father is a Father who sees us 
and who knows us. And so Jesus is teaching us that when we pray, we can pray to the God who sees us, and before he hears us, he knows us already. So we already have the Father's attention. So when you pray, you don't pray for others' attention, but we pray to the God who's attentive already. And we need to pray so we can have that deep relationship with God. And so we're going to see that Jesus is teaching us these three things today. The first thing is don't pray for attention. The second thing is pray to the God who is attentive already. And the third is pray so that you may receive the reward. The first one, don't pray for attention. So here in our text, Jesus is showing us two ways that we can abuse prayer, and they're centered on the one idea, don't pray for attention. Let me show you. Verse 5, what are the hypocrites doing? Have you have your Bibles, take them out and uh, read along with me. We're going through this passage. So the hypocrites in verse 5, what are they doing? They stand, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. And why are they doing this? So that they may be seen by others. You see, the first abuse of prayer is to not seek the Father, but to seek others' attention by displaying your relationship with God for your own benefit and your own standing. The intention of the hypocrites is to display their prayer, display their relationship with God in public so that others may see them and think, look at him praying. Isn't he dedicated to God? Isn't he good? He must have a really good relationship with his God. The irony of this is that they don't actually have a relationship with God anymore because they're seeking the attention of other people. They want praise from men and they want to look good. But the greatest tragedy of this is at the end of verse 5. Look at it with me. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. They get what they want. They aim low and it's what they get. They get their praise and good reputation before men. They miss out on what God's offering through prayer. You know, it's just like your footy team at the beginning of this season now, entering into the competition over in Brisbane. Righto, boys, this year we're going to aim for ninth spot on the ladder. You know, they might get what they want, but there's no cup at the end. There's no medal. There's no reward for ninth place. They had the option to aim, but they didn't aim for it, and they don't get it. Likewise, these hypocrites are missing out on the true reward. The second way to abuse prayer is to think that by prayer, we will get God's attention so he will hear us and give us what we want. See how Jesus moves on to this point at verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You see, these people think that by their approach to God, they can get his attention. By their words, they can get his attention, and therefore they can get what they want. Now, both of these approaches sound rather foolish at face value, but when you think about it, we've probably approached God with this mindset before. First, in a way like the hypocrites. I know I've done this, say, at Bible study, and I've prayed before people. It's too easy for your mind to start thinking about what others are thinking about you and what you're saying. And this concern overtakes your concern for what you're actually saying to God in prayer. 
sometimes it can be like the Gentiles from verse 7. And you may have been praying for something for a while, something you really want. And you think, God's not answered my prayer. Maybe then if I pray harder, pray longer, pray with more zeal and passion, if I spend more time in prayer, God will hear me. Not that praying with zeal and passion or spending a long time in prayer is a bad thing in and of itself, but it's the thoughts, the mindset behind this way of praying, that if I pray in this way, God will listen to me and give me what I want. Friends, this approach is trying to manipulate God. And what does Jesus say about this? Look in verse 8. Do not be like them. You know, the reality is we all want attention. We want attention from God, and we want attention from people. We want to be seen and to be heard and to be noticed. And why do we want this? Why do we want to be seen? Why do we want to be noticed? We want this because we want a relationship. We were designed for a relationship. It's at, our, it's at the core of our very being. See, God created us as people to have a relationship with him. But we rejected God. We cut him off. And as a result, we're distant from him. And now, it's like part of us is missing. And we want that part filled. So we'll seek it anywhere. The desire for relationship is a good thing. But it's our focus that's so often on the wrong track. You see, Jesus is directing us to focus our desire for relationship on the one who made us. To seek him. And to seek him alone. But did you realise... That we don't have to pray to get God's attention. Do you know that you don't need to fight with the prayers of all the other billions of people in the world? Did you know that it's not like when we go and talk to God, he all of a sudden just checks in to listen to us, to write down our requests? Why not? Because we pray to a God who's attentive already. And this is the second thing that Jesus is teaching us in this passage. We pray to a God who's attentive already. So when we pray, we don't need to pray to get God's attention. Because he's already given it to us. Often we think so little of prayer because we think so little of our God. You know, God is bigger than we can imagine. He's greater in capacity than we can comprehend. We pray to a Father who is ready to hear us. We pray Sorry, we pray to a Father who is ready to hear us. Can you see it in the text? Come with me again to verse 8. So do not be like them. And why don't we do that? Because the Father knows what you need before you ask him. So your Father in his greatness knows all. How does he know all? Because look at the end of verse 6. Your Father who sees. Our God is a God who sees us and who knows us, and he's already given us his attention. So when we go pray, when we go talk to God, when we go ask him for things, we need to remember that this God has already given us his attention. So when we pray, it's just like we're little children that run up to a doting father, jump on his lap, and this dad is just eager, willing, and ready to hear what we have to say to him. You know, this is the greatest part of the story. 
were not the starry-eyed lover who's seeking and craving attention of God, but the Father is the one who loves us. He's given us his attention. How do we know this? How do you know that the Father loves you? How do you know that the Father sees you and knows you? Because he sent his son, Jesus Christ. This is how far God has gone in pursuit of us. He sent his own son so that we could come to him in prayer. The son who took on flesh, died in our place. He rose, ascended and stands before the Father. He's still there in our place and is interceding for us before the Father. And we... And now, because the Son is standing in our place, when the Father looks at us, He looks at us with the same eyes that look on His beloved Son. And when He hears us, He listens to us with the same ears that listen to the words of His Son. So, if God feels distance from you, and your prayers are stale, and your relationship with God just feels a bit plain and dry, remember this, God is waiting for you to come to him in prayer. He's provided that way for you to get there. He's sought you out so you can go and seek the seeker in prayer. Now, on the other hand, you may know that God is everywhere and knows everything. You may have been taught these things long ago. So you can agree with me that, yes, we can pray to a father who knows and who sees. That makes sense to you. But have these truths really seeped into your life? Does this thought give you comfort? And do you pray in this comfort? I'm going to give you three tests to see whether or not you're praying in this comfort. Test number one. When you pray, you do not care what others think, but have a mind only for the Father who loves you. Because if you pray for others' attention, you've not yet understood that in Christ, we have the fullest possible measure of love and acceptance before the Father, So we don't need it from anyone else. You won't be wanting it from anyone else because we have it from God already. Test number two. When you pray, you're filled with joy. You're filled with respect. You're filled with humility and awe for what God has done to make this relationship possible. Because you know that God in his love came to you first and that it cost him his son to restore the relationship with you. Test number three. Your day has become littered with prayer because you know that your Father is always listening to you and wants to hear from you. And so you go and constantly speak to him. You know, if this is you, if you can say, yes, I do all three of these things, then be encouraged and keep praying and growing in your faith. But at some point, we all fail in living this out, don't we? Well, we don't need to despair. It doesn't change the Father's desire for us to come and seek him. He's waiting for us. So go. Go to him in prayer. Go pray. Pray and be rewarded. And this will be the third thing that Jesus is teaching us today. Pray and be rewarded. Now, at first thought, this sounds a little bit strange. But Jesus did say that the Father will reward us. What do you think the reward is, though? An answered prayer? God does promise to answer our prayers when they are prayed in line with his will. But this is not what's on view here. 
Let's look again at the end of verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. So do you remember what Jesus is aiming at in this? Look at what Jesus says. Go into your room. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret. The point is, who are you seeking in prayer? See how Jesus says it. Go into a place that's secret, you know, behind a closed door, behind a door that's shut. It's a secret place. And pray to the Father who is in secret. When we pray, we're going to the Father. Jesus was telling us, not to seek the attention of other people, because if that's what we want to seek, that is what we'll get. But when we seek the Father, it's the Father we receive as reward. So Jesus is telling us that when we pray, we go into the presence of the Father. It is here that we understand the true nature of prayer. It's all about going into the presence of God, talking to him, being in a relationship with him. You know, the Father wants us to go to him in prayer so we can have a deep relationship with him. We can truly believe this because it is the Son of God who has come to be present with us. It is this Son, God in flesh, Jesus Christ, who is standing before us in this passage, teaching us about the Father and how we're able to come to him and to pray to him. We, in our rejection of God, do not naturally want to come and talk to him. We run and hide. We block God from our existence. And if God left us there, we would be completely unable, completely unaware of the way to come and approach God in prayer. You see, it is a God who became present with us so that we can go into his presence. He did all this so that we can have a relationship with him. And talking to God and asking him for what we need in prayer is forming an integral part of our relationship with him. Now it's kind of like this time when I was young and we used to go down to my grandparents farm uh, with my parents and my brothers uh, and we would spend our days racing around on motorbikes, playing in the bush, being boys, you know, doing dangerous things that boys will do. We did a lot of dangerous things and naturally my mum was very worried, you know, that one day we might get hurt, we might need her help and we wouldn't know what to do. So they bought this excellent gift. They bought us a gift of um, CB radios. One for me, one for my brother, and one for my parents. And so that way, if we ever needed their help, we could radio in, and we could ask for it straight away, and they would know, and they could come and help. Thankfully, we never needed the help. But we soon figured out that these toys, these radios were great toys, and we would often just chatter across them me to my brother or me to my parents. And then what became important 
for my mum is that even though we were apart, we were connected to her. To her, her children were close. She, they were nearby, and she could hear them talk, and she loved it. As I said before, we were created for a relationship with God. We were created to be the recipients of his love and his attention. But we rejected God, and he came in pursuit of us to have that relationship with us. And we're waiting for that day when we can be reunited with God again, to have that perfect relationship with him again. But for now, we've been gifted away to maintain an open relationship with him. So we are to pray to the one who's given us his attention so that our relationship with the Father can grow, that our dependence on God can grow, and so that our walk of faith can be sustained. You know, a great preacher was once asked by a member in his church, what's more important, to read the Bible or to pray? It's an interesting question. Do you know what his response was? What's more important, to breathe in or to breathe out? Without one or the other, you'd be dead. And likewise, without prayer, our relationship with God will suffocate. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to pray and have a deep relationship with the Father. So if you've never talked to God before, if you've never gone and asked for Him for anything, because it feels strange, He feels strange, or He feels distant from you and you just don't know Him, Remember that he isn't distant because he came to earth as a human in Jesus Christ so that you can know him. So just go. He's waiting. And as a father, he is ready to hear all that you have to say. Whether you're angry, whether you're scared, sad or joyful, God is watching. God is waiting for you. He wants to hear from you. Just ask him to lead you closer to him. But if you don't pray, if you keep rejecting God and pushing him away, you will never be close to him. And you're missing out on a beautiful relationship, one that comforts, and it's the best relationship you could ever possibly have. Now, if you're used to praying, I want to ask you, what was it this morning that motivated you to pray to God? Was it habit? This was me this morning, sitting around the breakfast table with my family uh, before I left to come here. And like most Christians, we say a prayer at, at a mealtime because that's what we've always done. Or did you pray out of guilt because you haven't prayed to God for a while and you feel guilty about not praying because you know a Christian should be praying to God? Or maybe you didn't pray. Maybe you thought prayer wasn't important. Maybe you're just too busy. You know, you're in a rush to get here. You know, as well, COVID seems behind us. We can meet again, which is great. And there's nothing pressing on your mind right now because you're just so joyful that you can be here together. So you didn't feel like there was a pressing need to speak to God. Let me remind you what Jesus says in this passage. Our motivation to prayer is to be the Father's love and commitment to a relationship with us. 
Remember that prayer is one half of communication between us and God. It is something the Father has established by his Son. He pursued us. He opened the channel of communication between us and him. He has given us his attention. He has restored the relationship. And so, our motivation to prayer must be out of what God has done for us. Prayer is a way that we can tell God how much we adore him for what he has done for us. It's a way not to inform God of the fact that we need help, but it's a way that we can show our dependence on God when we need help. How thankful we are for what he's done, what he is doing, and it's a way that we express our trust in him that he will be there in the time of our greatest need. It's a natural response to knowing God. When we understand what he's done for us, what he's promised to do for us, we will want to say thank you. We want to say, I believe that you will help me. And what sweet relief when we do that. When we take our concerns and give them over to a father who has given us his attention and who wants us to know him, we can trust that God will hear our prayer. And you'll find the concern is no longer pressing so hard on your shoulders anymore. It is no longer weighing down your soul because you've passed it on to a God who sees you, a God who knows you, and a God who has come to you and he's waiting for you to come and talk to him. So let's go and let's talk to him in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the awesome God that you are. We thank you that in your love you came down in your Son to be present with us, to teach us, to bring us back to you. We thank you for this great love upon us. We pray that it will warm our hearts, that we can know you and that we can pray to you because you know and you see us. Father, we thank you that in prayer we can just come and talk to you. We can come and, and tell you what's, what's, what our concerns are, what's worrying us. Father, we thank you that we can rejoice in your presence in prayer and that we can say thank you. Say thank you for the restrictions that have been eased due to uh, the COVID-19 crisis. We thank you that we can meet together here in, in worship and to learn more about you. And Father, we ask that you will keep COVID-19 at bay in, in Australia and in particular here so that we can keep coming together, that we can meet with our friends and family of God. We pray that you'll keep COVID-19 at bay in the world as well, that the suffering will be eased. Father, we pray that even in the midst of suffering, people can turn to you, they can know you, and they can learn to love you because you have loved them first. Father, we pray for the remainder of our day and our worship together with you. We pray that our songs of praise can go up to you, that they can be heard, and that they will be pleasing to you. Father, we do pray this only because of what you've done in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.